Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Hmm? Ah! Huh. Hey everybody, I'm Raymond. And I'm Paik. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the Netflix show, You. Today we are covering episodes 9 and 10 of season 3, titled Red Flag and... What is love? These are the finale episodes of the season. We did it. We made it through. <laughs> it hurts. Yeah. It hurts. Love hurts. Uh, <laughs> that would also yeah. be a fitting fitting title yeah. for that last episode. Man, mm-hmm. that that I don't know. I don't know. I this hit hard. The last mm-hmm. one definitely hit hard. They were good though. Good good couple episodes. Right? Yeah. Do you agree? I, I really enjoyed them. Um, I'm going to miss Victoria Pedretti a lot. Oh, man. Yeah. I am. I, I love her so much. So, yeah. Definitely a miss. I do, too. Seeing her She's there. She's so good. Yeah. She's so good. I, I But I did. I overall really enjoyed the the episodes. I do have some complaints on how they kind of, you know, coincidentally wrapped up a lot of things. But... Yeah. <laughs> it seemed like they're like, "Oh, we got to throw some stuff together to make this uh, work out." But it could have been gotta, worse. Could have been tie worse. Up so. Everything nicely in a bow, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel that. That's fair. That's fair. Um yeah, like we've talked about a couple of times sometimes with this show, you got to suspend your disbelief a little bit and uh-huh. yeah, they they threw several things at us. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and these last two, it's like, um, okay, we'll just pretend that doesn't matter. Right. Um, yeah, a couple of good episodes definitely left it, definitely made you want more, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, it. you know, they left it with a cliffhanger. So, um, so yeah. And, and yeah, I don't, I feel like I, I thought I've talked about it. And sometimes when I think that I've done it, I didn't. It's just a, like a fake memory that I had. But, you know, there is a season four in case, yeah. you know, someone didn't see that. or And I like I said, I thought we talked about it, at least in passing. Like, I don't think it was an official news item, but I thought we mentioned it in yeah. passing. But maybe we didn't. If we didn't and you didn't already know, there is a season four. Um, you know, it so that's... Be. This year, sometime, like I wonder. I don't know because Netflix is already saying there's another season coming. Like, if you open up you on there to watch, so right. I wonder. Yeah, and I have I think no they're, clue. They're prepping people for it, so I don't know. Uh, I would expect probably around the same time that season three came out. So you think so? End of October. The year. I forget that we've gotten to it late. Like it's new yeah. to us. <laughs> <laughs> it came out in October and we're just now covering it. It's um well it's just this shit today's March 1st. So, we, you know, we just started it um kind of late January early February. Mm-hmm. Um so it's it's new to us and I forget that yeah. It it could be then. 
Uh, so maybe for us, it won't be such a long wait You're right? since, since we're <laughs> late to it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, to talk about these, these last two. Um, so let's go ahead and jump into our top five without further ado. Yes. Um, so what is your, uh, number five for these final two episodes? All right. Um, my number five, I'm just going to kind of break down quickly cause there's not a whole lot, but it's important. Marianne and her story, her arc throughout these two episodes and yeah. where what we see with her. So uh, really the first we see of her or hear of her is that Dante can't find her, uh, but he kind of has an idea of where she is, that she's kind of strung out a little bit. Not like strung out, strung out, but when she gets to these really dark places, depressed places, she will go to the liquor store, but not necessarily, you know, fall off the wagon or, you know, <laughs> jump off a bridge, you know, like, uh, but she's, she on says to Joe, but I mean, she at least went as far as she went and bought a bottle of vodka or whatever and had it in the bag and then just set it open in front of her and just staring at it. I mean, she's definitely in a dark place when Joe finds mm-hmm. her, she's just soaking in the misery. That's kind of her, her place there. Um, and yeah, she's definitely a bad place because, you know, she says, don't look at me like I'm about to jump off a bridge. And Joe's like, well, have you? As he's looking at that bottle sitting there in front of her. Yeah. But it seems like she hadn't gone that far with it, but she kind of, she likes to go, yeah, right to the edge. Uh, we find out that the judge who is buddies with Ryan, as we saw, clearly ruled on his side. Turned, you know, turned her down, gave Ryan or let him continue with full custody Mm-hmm. And now he is getting a job in New Jersey and taking Juliet with him away from her mother forever. Uh, and Marion is crushed, obviously. Uh, now, Joe, <laughs> as much as Joe is a horrible sociopath and terrible person for the most yeah. part. Yes. I think he does a really good job here of like bringing her back from the edge and reeling her in and really comforting he her and supporting her. Uh I don't disagree with that. Yeah. It almost humanized him just a little bit. (laughs) Right. He was was like, it's like, where'd creepy Joe go? (laughs) Uh, Because he was actually really human. Yeah. And and seemed to, it almost felt like a genuine human connection a little, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Uh, And maybe it was, but it was like, wow. Was like reaching to like put his hand on her knee. And then he like stopped for a second to like look at her and like make sure it was consensual i'm like who the fuck is this guy this is yeah. not the joe Goldberg i know exactly um. <laughs> the dude that has like doesn't understand boundaries whatsoever you know yeah it was almost like a real moment i was like wow that's not like our joe uh yeah i wonder if it scared him a little bit you know because it was almost like he was like the first genuine emotion and connection that he's ever had. And he thinks right. he has genuine connections with his, like these obsession, the, the women that he obsesses over, he thinks they're real, you know, connections um, and feelings, but they're not. So, um, be, you know, yeah, that must've been uh, like a first for him maybe. Yeah. And it takes that, uh, you know, mother complex that he has there mm-hmm. to a degree. I mean, he, at least he has accepted that. We've talked about that in, in this season that he realized that, and that's even what he does. So he tells the story and he admits, <laughs> I killed someone. Of course, he leaves out all the other people he's killed in between. But at least the first person he killed, he admits about, which is his mother's abuser, boyfriend, whatever <laughs> that was at that time that he had mm-hmm. shot. But again, connecting her to his mom where, you know, 
and then she pushed me away for what I did and I have to live with that. And then where Marion's like, well, I would never do that to my kid. He's like, exactly. You're a good mother and you deserve everything you want with your relationship with your daughter. You're not like my mom. You're not this terrible person. You are a good person. And he's able to show her that they share this shame and guilt that they live with, but gives her the confidence that she is who she's supposed to be, or at least who she wants to be. And then, uh, you know, they connect. Uh, he goes all in with her. Uh, they sure very much do. So. Yep. It's finally not a fantasy anymore for Joe. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you always wonder what's real because it's like they go in for those mm-hmm. moments and you're like, wait, is that really happening? Oh, no, wait, it's just Joe and his like fantasy. But <laughs> right? nope, this was real. This one was real. He's not just taking care of himself in a parking lot at the grocery store. <laughs> it's, right. it's really happening. But after they, uh, you know, get all Marvin Gaye on it, uh, <laughs> Marion is empowered through all of this to go to Jersey after her daughter, which is great for her, her decision, but it kind of puts Joe in this corner of trying to now panic and figure out, well, how do I keep her from leaving me? And he's like, well, I guess I got to kill Ryan. I'm like, that's going to be such a hard thing for him to decide to do. Uh, right. <laughs> what a hard That's choice a stretch. for him. Stretch for him, uh, yeah. <laughs> he goes for it. And then we don't really get a whole lot more of her up until kind of the end of this, you know, these two episodes. You know, he, he calls, she calls Joe about Ryan being killed. She's freaking out first about how, like, this is definitely going to fuck things up for me somehow. I don't know how, but that's how the system works. But again, he is so real and supportive and comforting to her that she confides in him that kind of, you know, you're not going to judge me for the fact that I'm actually happy he's dead. And the smile that Joe gets on his face, like I did good. I did me. Good boy. I did good thing. I know. It's all he needed was like freaking, (laughs) you know, know, positive reinforcement. Right. Jeez. Uh, But you know, and now she's asking him to run away with them and feel this connection. Just everything that Joe could have ever fantasized coming out of her mouth is actually happening. But then that's the last we see of her up until Love calling her or texting her from Joe's phone and, and setting up the little trap to have her come over to the house. Sneaky, sneaky. Which, after that conversation, I'll have more about that conversation uh, in a later point. But what Marianne took from it is uh, her and Love connecting deeply on a fuck Joe, we define ourselves moment. Which mm-hmm. was really good for her. Uh, of course, Joe's laying there, still convoluted enough to think that what Marion said was just to, uh, you know, be able to escape with her life. But no, I think, I think Marion fully trusted what Love said and had a connection with Love there about what Joe did and what he was capable of. Realized the toxicity that she felt might have been in him, and I, she took off from there with her daughter. I don't think she cares about Joe anymore after that moment. I think she was like, good to know. Check that off. I'm taking my daughter and I'm starting fresh with her somewhere else away from all of this. Yeah, th- that's definitely not what she signed up for. Yeah. Yeah, so. I agree. Um, Marianne is actually uh, one of my points as well. And and actually specifically the conversation between her and love. Uh mm-hmm. Because I thought, oh, that this, this isn't going to be great. Love is definitely going to... Uh, kill her in front of Joe, right? Like that's going to be the ultimate. Like he, she's going to make sure that he watches her suffer, yeah. Uh, while while she kills her, 
and then she's gonna i i i don't know i think yeah she was definitely i think intending to kill joe i don't know if um i i don't know i don't know either she was gonna make uh, him watch and then kill him or just make him watch so he could suffer i wasn't sure i know that she went to try to yeah. kill him later but i don't think she got because yeah, i think she says something about like i'm gonna take care of marianne basically is just like and then i'm gonna fix our fucking marriage so i think at that yeah. point she hadn't made that of, decision yet yeah that i'm forcing you to stay but after her conversation with marianne <laughs> love even came to that realization was like oh the problem is not the women he obsesses over. He's the yeah. problem. <laughs> it is Joe. And you know what? They're not wrong. And right. love was not wrong. Um, but yeah, I I, I, lo- I was really scared for, for Marianne. I know I've had my issue with her character off and on throughout the, the season. There's one minute that I kind of like her. And then the next I'm kind of upset that she's, you know, having this flirty relationship with Joe who's... You know, even if she doesn't know who he really is and the obsessive, crazy serial killer that he is. Um, but regardless of that, he, as far as she knows, he is a, a married man with a, a child or whatever. And she's kind of messing with that. Uh, so, I mean, I, I kind of went back and forth on, on my opinion of her. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think she's a good person in, in general. Um, but anyway... I was kind of worried for her, and I thought, man, you know, with all of that, she definitely doesn't deserve what love has in store for her, right? right. Um, and she has a daughter, which love didn't know that, you know, at the time. Mm-hmm. And I really liked that moment between her and love, and I, I think it was a nice moment if there was one, if it could be called a nice moment with, with love involved. Um, but I think that love kind of sobered up, kind of came down from her crazy spiral yeah. um, and was able to have like a real woman to woman conversation with her. Um, and I think if obviously if Marianne knew that love was actually going to murder her, it would have went differently. Yeah. You know, conversation might have went differently. I think she was a little scared of her because I think. Lo- love she Victoria Pedretti is so great because she can really emote so much on her face like yes. her face can change so much with her moods and it's it's really well done so she definitely had like that crazy look on her face for <laughs> for some time you know she's having that conversation I think Marianne was kind of scared of her I don't know if she thought she was going to kill her but I do think she felt like she was in danger a little bit yeah. um so I think if if she knew who love was and what her true intent was, the conversation would have went a little bit different. But I like that, you know, she encourages love to, like, listen to herself. You know, as love is, like you mentioned, you know, love is telling her, you know, Joe's done all of these things and he's, you know, he's not good for you and you shouldn't trust him and he's not a good person. And I think you're right. I think... Because love is right, and I think that Marianne recognized that, that that was the truth. And, you know, then she encourages love to do the same, to listen to that voice in her head telling her that she deserves better. And when she says, that is your partner, I I was like, I got tears. I was like, uh-huh. oh, shit. That, I don't know, maybe that hit a little too personal for me. I don't know. But it, it really kind of hit, like, wow, yeah. Um, 
you know, because that's the person that you should be listening to. That's your soulmate, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, damn, she is so right. Um, so I, yeah, I think excellent advice. And hey, thank you, Marianne. You know, I and definitely in that moment, I liked, you know, Marianne. And you know what? And I liked love, you know, in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I liked that she softened a little bit when her daughter came in with Juliet was her daughter. Um, yeah. Came in and I thought, you know, love, I think realized she couldn't kill her because then she would be ruining that little girl's life. Like her childhood was so messed up. I mean, she had parents, but her parents were pretty terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, that was probably one of the more human things I've seen love do. So I don't know, just a really great moment between two women who realized how toxic of a person (laughs) Joe (laughs) really is. Um, And I'm glad Marianne got away, but I'm really sad that love didn't. I was really Mm -hmm. sad about that. So I I I thought a really great, great moment. I I hope Marianne got away because when we get, you know, not to jump ahead too much, but I mean, we see, Joe takes off after her kind of at the end. It's like, mm-hmm. she doesn't want to see you again. That's, he's still got this like, well, we'll, uh, we'll meet back up. I'll find you and we'll be together. It's like, we're meant to be. God, for her sakes, I hope he never finds her. Oh my God. Yeah. I've got <laughs> some thoughts about that for sure. For now, I I have to believe she's gotten away, but um, mm-hmm. we'll see. I guess yeah. in maybe season four, I'm guessing maybe she'll be back or maybe she won't. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. But so far, we don't even know if she's in. I don't want to go into it too much because I'm sure we'll talk about it. We don't even know if she's in Paris where where yeah. Joe went. So anyway, that was cool. That was cool. Good number five. I'll just I'll that was one of my points too, or at least that specific exchange. So that will just count as my number five. Uh, what is your number four? All right, um, my number four again. Another kind of character arc story where we see you know where they're at and where they go through this episode and that is theo this time uh want to talk about him uh Mm -hmm. poor theo yeah he he meets up with love under the thought that joe is an abusive husband and he's got this whole desperate hopeless romantic dramatic romantic you know idea in his head that you know oh i'm gonna swoop in and I'm going to save you from Joe and you're going to run away with me and look, I'll get this evidence that my dad found and you can, you know, we won't, we won't actually use it, you know, in a court or anything. Cause it's, you know, not really admissible and all of this, but if Joe knows you have it, then we can do this whole thing where you can use it against him and he'll let you have, you know, he'll have to let you go and we'll run away and be together forever. Oh, poor Theo. <laughs> it's like, Oh, Theo. Foolish, you are... <laughs> foolish Theo. Yeah. You, you have no idea. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, love, I don't think on purpose, but, you know, she feeds into it a little bit. Just kind of with the way he words it when he goes, you know, just look me in the eye and tell me that your husband is not a violent man. And it's like, wow, well, when you word it that way, uh, <laughs> I can't really, you know, <laughs> not necessarily yeah. towards me, at, at least not at that point. But, uh, right. I mean, but, but he is. Um, so, yeah, uh, just Theo... I mean, he definitely crossed way too many lines and way too many boundaries. He with did. his whole quote-unquote relationship with love. Like, it was all way too much, and the kids should have learned how to take no for an answer and rail it back way earlier. So, But I'm not going to yeah. victim blame and say that he deserved anything he got because of uh, him being 
a little too uh, eager. Uh, that's he, nice yeah. way to put it. <laughs> he's he's the nineteen year old. Love is the um, older adult in the relationship. Um, so, but I mean, yeah, he he certainly shouldn't have been fooling around with her either. Just as much as what Marianne shouldn't have been messing around with you. Of course, if they hadn't, we wouldn't have a season three, right? And we exactly. wouldn't be talking about it. But you know, <laughs> still, still poor judgment. Very poor judgment for Theo. Yeah. So uh, he swipes the footage from his dad's computer before everything gets erased. He's able to to copy, I guess, anything that had love in it or, you know, whatever search he had made. Yeah, Matthew's on her ass. So he he has the footage that that Matthew's been obsessing over. And he remembers this angle in the alley that he had seen that camera there. So uh, he's able to use that to see Joe driving the car away. And I did have a little problem with it because I was like, you'd think as much as Matthew is obsessing over all this footage, he would have definitely seen that already. I uh, thought the same. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me? The way it, like he missed that alley or that camera that like went right to the alley. Come on. Um, right. I was like, yeah. I'm pretty sure Matthew would have immediately been like, other angle, back, done. Like exactly. as much as he was never leaving that room, pouring through everything. Uh, I agree. But um, now Theo is convinced, of course, that Natalie was killed by Joe. And so he goes to swoop in and save love, only for that not to end the way that he thought it would. Um, As he goes to the bakery uh, to look for her, can't find her. But then before he he leaves the basement, he hears Carrie fire the gun into the box door to try to break it, which leads to him... Don't go to the murder basement. Finding the Conrads, walking into their cacophony of freaking out about their situation and the bullet ricochet that took Sherry's ear with it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Man. But he's still so... He's obsessed, too. He he is his own form of obsession because they're sitting there yelling at him and telling him, love is responsible for this. It's not just Joe. Both of them did it together. Love, love, love. And he's like, no, nope, don't want to hear it. You don't know. Uh, whether you say she put you in here or not. Nope, she's innocent. She's the victim. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because he, he thinks she's been coerced and forced you know, right. by Joe. That And I, I mean, clearly he has his own obsession with her that he doesn't want to believe anything bad about her. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, um, he goes looking for the key. So he does at least go look for the key to help Sherry and Carrie. Then Love shows up, and they run into each other on his way back down to the basement. Uh, at first, he's still convinced that it's all Joe and that she's covering for him. And so he's like, still, you have to run. But then she's like, no, this is my thing. You have to go. But she sees the sweetness in him, whatever's there, and gives him this out to run away, never come back, spare yourself. But like Joe has done in the past, she sees in him the fact that he's not going to stay quiet and is immediately going to go to the police from here. Because I feel like Theo, while listening to to Love talk, starts seeing her darkness creep through. It starts, <laughs> those wheels start connecting in his head and he's like, oh, fuck, she's evil. Uh- <laughs> and I think as soon as he, like his attitude and face yeah. changes, that's when it changed for Love. You could see that come over her face her face Mm -hmm. changes and that's when whack you know yep she's she's not gonna allow that so he gets a a whack and a tumble down the stairs 
he does his best Henderson impression, complete with blood pouring from his head and everything. Uh, yep. Just, yeah. So, yeah, he's down there. We think he's dead. We're left to think he's dead for a little bit. Uh, but then when everything seems to be going perfectly for Joe, we realize that Theo's still alive. Uh, not in great shape. But Joe has this moment of, of feeling bad for him and saying, well, I just got off the phone with Marianne. We're, I'm starting fresh. And he's like, well, we got to start on a positive foot. So I can't kill a kid <laughs> to start everything. So he does decide to drop him off to be taken care of, saving his life. He uses Carrie's uh, sex meds to knock him out. Uh, pockets the adrenaline for later use. And Gotta I be in one of those suitcases. Right. He was like, I'm going to keep these. This could be useful. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I guess he just dropped him off like at like a dock somewhere and let people find him and then take him to the hospital. So then how he knew what hospital he was at again, they were a little, uh, it was a little convoluted on some of that stuff. I'm not sure, but, uh, but yeah, it, it works. I'm glad. It, I'm glad that Theo and Marianne this whole season were both like, Oh, they're both so dead. They're both so screwed. And at least at the end of this, we're like, okay, good. They're both alive. Theo, it was, it was sweet seeing him and his stepdad or seeing him and Matthew together at the end of the episode. Uh, and he clearly sustained some head trauma that he's going to physical therapy. He for. sure it's did. Well for him. Uh, it could have been a lot worse. <laughs> this could have ended a lot worse for him. So I'm glad he's pretty much okay for the most part. Yeah. I'm glad at least seems like he's healing anyway. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's just a kid and, you know, despite his faults and, um, you know, some of his misgivings throughout the, the season, he certainly didn't deserve what happened yeah. to him. And take take this I as a teachable moment. Don't obsess over a married woman or you wind up in a wheelchair with a head injury. Uh. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's not do that in the future. Yeah. Um. Uh, don't advise it. Yeah, I was really su surprised he made it out, too. And I don't know when people on this show are going to start learning to make sure people are really dead. You know, and that head injuries quite frequently don't just seem to kill people. It doesn't. You've got to if, if that's your intent, you better make sure you've finished the job. People right. keep popping up uh, after being hit in the head uh, and causing more problems. So, I mean, it still would have been a problem had Theo been dead because then they'd have to figure out a way to get rid of him. And with all the dead bodies popping up and suspicion uh -huh. or at least Matthew already being suspicious suspicious of love then uh it certainly would have made it more difficult but still still um yeah so yeah poor theo but i was happy for him in the end he did survive and it seems like he and matthew had like like he looked refreshed you know matthew looked well rested he was like laughing you know and and cutting up with him and i thought damn we haven't seen that from him you know, yeah. uh, all season he's been nothing but intense and brooding and angry and, um, you know, and I guess he really did in the end care for his wife too. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I I, I I know I questioned it a lot. Like, did he really care? It was hard to kind of read him, uh, but I, I think I think he he did. So I was wrong about that. All right. Well, my number four, uh, I want to talk a little bit about Sherry and Carrie. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I, I, I really enjoyed their interaction in the cage. Yeah. Um, I like how they revealed their feelings for each other, even before they were who they are right now. Like, you know, uh, Carrie talking about who he was, you know, um, Oh, what did he say? I don't have it written in front of me that, you know, um, Oh, I, I had inflammation and I had an undiagnosed lactose intolerance and I was doing Coke every weekend, something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Sherry seemed to be a very different person as well, you know, and she's kind mm-hmm. of built on her brand and, uh, I, I think she became the person that she was presenting to the world. You know, there's so much conversation around um, social media and the life that influencers put out there on social media. Like, this is what they want you to see. So you just assume that's just how their life is all the time. When, in fact, most of the time it's not, you know, you, they, yeah. like things look super happy. Or, you know, people look super happy and look like they have the most perfect life. And in reality, they don't. And people really need to, you know, just side note, be aware of that. Like, don't fall for that because it's almost never true. Um, But she ended up, like, kind of personifying that, like, for real. Like, not just who she was presenting to the world. She actually was kind of becoming that. And it was nice to see them in that cage, like, that melt away and you got to yeah. see the real Sherry and the real Carrie. And, you know, I think that they do have a strong bond. I think that they, I mean, yeah, they were kind of going back. I know, I know Carrie ricocheted the bullet and grazed her <laughs> ear and she shot him in the leg. But look, who who hasn't wanted to do that at one time or another? <laughs> Right. They got to break was, everything down before they build it back up. That's say, how it goes, right? I, I, I get it. I know. Box was therapy. Great, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. It's, you know, you're, you're, it, it was a very precarious situation. So I'm going to try and give them a little bit of grace there. And, you know, but, you know, I, I do believe that they had a really strong relationship and clearly had had a lot of like, marriage counseling or therapy and i'm sure individually and uh, couples wise uh, Mm -hmm. because i really want to know where they learned this whole purple flag yeah the the flag system was great uh yeah yeah, wasn't that fun purple flag was like their warning it's like in the middle it was like things are a little rocky but we'll talk about it's like okay we're back to green flag actually no no purple flag still and then by the end, when he's like dying, bleeding out, be like, "No, this is a fucking red flag right here." Like, <laughs> yeah. And I'm curious how it got to be like purple flag. Like, if green flag, you know, it's good, it's a go or whatever. Why, <laughs> why wouldn't it be more of like a yellow or orange flag, and then red flag? I, I'm curious where purple came from. I'm not sure, yeah. and I don't think it. It's not that important. I, it's more <laughs> my own curiosity. But you know, they're throwing out purple flag, which seems to. You know how they kind of state how you feel your your partner is either being or acting, and then I like they the other person would be like recognized. They'd say recognized or something like mm-hmm. they acknowledge and they hear what what you know what you are saying, and now they're going to then in return state how they really feel. Um, so I really liked all of their exchanges, um, and I like how you know Carrie would talk to Sherry and. and you know, he he really tried to regulate his tone 
um, for, you know, when Sherry was like trying to tape up his wound and, you know, she was acknowledging, you know, that and appreciating his concern to her feelings and moved him back to a green flag. And I thought it, all of that was just really great um, between mm-hmm. them. And I liked, I liked their interactions and I had a new appreciation for Sherry and Carrie. I know in the beginning when we first met Sherry, mm-hmm. Speaking for myself, I couldn't stand her and was really, really hoping oh. that she was going to be either Love or Joe's first victim. Right, yeah. I, I mean, probably said thinking that. Thinking back to us recording, <laughs> yeah, like, I was talking about these episodes. The first few episodes, she was beyond insufferable. Yes. And so, of course, the way that the show does this with characters that, like, in the first episodes, I can't stand, because they even did it to me with 40 in season two. I know. Where the first yeah. couple times we saw him, I was like, oh my god, this is terrible. Gas bag. Mm-hmm. And then by the end of the season, I'm like, my precious 40. So, like... I know. Yeah. They, they do a great job. <laughs> and I think it really had to do with, like, the point of view that we were presented with Sherry and mm-hmm. Carrie. I'm not saying she wasn't insufferable, but I think, you know, we got to see her turn out to be a really good friend to love there by the mm. like the middle-ish part like when we got that little, little time jump um, yeah. around the the middle part of the season there and it was like wow you know this is like a whole different kind of being that once um once love kind of wanted to be a part of like the neighborhood and was kind of accepting and opening open and welcome to all of that the point of view kind of changed a little bit. And so I realized, wow, Sherry is really not that bad. And um, so I, I, and Carrie, I never really had a problem with Carrie. I always thought was just kind of funny um, and entertaining to watch. I didn't really have a problem with him as I think more Sherry, because I think he was more relaxed where Sherry, you know, at least in the beginning seemed a lot more uptight, especially about like the whole cupcake thing and the, yeah, you know, not allowing kids sugar and not even raspberries, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, you know, interesting how they kind of flipped that a little bit and we got to kind of see um, the real her. And even when she's like trying to talk to love, you know, um, and trying to connect with her when they're when they're trapped, you know, um, I, I just I really liked her on that level. So I like that they were able to kind of to flip me on Sherry. I, I should have known better because, yeah, like you said, they did the same thing with 40 and mm-hmm. I should have known like I'm probably going to love her by the end. <laughs> You know, I don't know if I'd say I love her still by the end, but she did show the the badass warrior woman within that you can at least respect her. Yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. So yeah, I I loved those two. Um, I liked seeing them work together. I like how they kind of got to the root of some of their issues, um, and but also came came out of it ahead. They ended up in like a really good place and found a way to turn their experience their terrible i'm sure traumatic experience um into a, a positive one so yeah that was cool that was fun to watch um see that was four what's your number three um i'll go ahead and say because i had that as one of my points was to kind of awesome. break down the story of sherry and carrie so i'll, I'll talk about points i called it uh <laughs> Musical in oh uh, yeah, <laughs> locked in a cage. Uh, yep. Where yeah, and a lot of those things just they're 
uh, blog-worthy couple with their communication skills it was great. Uh, the Chekhov's gun thing was funny with Joe bringing it up and then being like, it does end up getting fired off and wounding two different people. Uh, and Joe wasn't even involved in any of it. So <laughs> that's great. But yeah, uh, I, I, a lot of my notes, I want to talk about like Sherry and the strategy that she tries using through a lot of these episodes. Uh, mm-hmm. She's playing up this whole friendship thing with love. Like it's not a big deal at all that you locked me and my husband in a cage. Uh, you know, offering to help her with the letter for Henry to go to the Ashman school. And even when love walks in and uses her face to unlock her phone. And, Seamless. You know, to think of, you know, po- you know, posting for her and moving her off the grid stuff. Mm-hmm. Sherry just lays it on so thick. Like, Oh my God, you're so smart. Love. I mean, even under all this stress, you think to do something like that. She's like, shut it, drop it. <laughs> like really, I'm not, love's not buying it. Uh, and Carrie's even like, yeah, uh, that's, this approach isn't going to do anything. Uh, let me just beast mode out of this cage instead, because this isn't going to work. Uh, and Love just shows a lot of coldness uh, to them at first. But then through that, Sherry admits that her whole deal is one big facade in order yeah. to keep this control over how she's viewed to stay on top without having to be vulnerable and with that, I think love actually appreciates that a little bit. Mm-hmm. And warm, you know, they because then right after that they follow with the whole like, you know, oh they're gonna dish on OMG girl. Theo asked me to run away with him. Shut up! I knew he liked you. Like it has this whole like, yes. you know, <laughs> it's like man, Sherry will not miss a beat at all. She's right back in it. Uh, and even going as far as giving her the idea giving love the idea to post the truth about what Matthew was doing from Sherry's blog mm-hmm. on her phone, which gets Matthew completely derailed from his trail on love. So it's like brilliant point idea sh- point yeah. for Sherry. She's a survivor and she is doing what she can. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Sherry adds, keeps laying it on thick until she starts getting herself in trouble. Carrie was right. Kind of in the end, uh, she's doing this whole like stance of, oh, I'm siding with you, love, and everything. But then when she starts putting all the blame on Joe. Yeah. That's, that backfires. That's where it <laughs> backfires on her and gets gets bad. Uh, you know, you know, oh, yeah, you did it because, you know, Joe is cheating on you with Natalie and leaving you all alone to be this poor, lonely, unloved mother in a failed marriage. And she's like, mm, hang on. <laughs> Don't paint me in that corner. And doesn't work in Sherry's favor as much because she, at this point, love still has this like twisted devotion to Joe and gets Mm -hmm. pissed about that. That's where she takes the gun and puts it in the slot to give to Sherry to carry with that choice of, as she says, one of you takes this shoots the other. I let whoever lives out. If your marriage is so perfect, stay together, die together. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) man. Um, yeah, Sherry, uh, went a little too far on that. And then that's where we see their sanity and teamwork start falling apart uh, once the shit buckets and small debates about who should live are things they have to deal with. Uh (laughs) You know, look, there's things I'm willing to do, but you trap me in a cage and and you got to poop in a bucket, you know, I might start losing it, too, admittedly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I love, uh, you know, that's when they get to the whole, you know... uh, Carrie shooting his way out and grazing her ear and then them having this whole argument because 
Joe is back at the bakery to, to clean up Theo, uh, at least what he thinks. And he does that little bit. He checks in on the Conrads. He just kind of cracks the door. <laughs> and they're in there yelling at each other. Uh, <laughs> just going to let so, them. You know, even when they're trapped in a cage, you're just like, you know what? I don't want any part of yeah, that. Just- it's like, I'll show you what grazing <laughs> looks like. Don't worry. I had a seminar. You don't get hysterical. Bang. And just like, I, he's like, No. Uh, uh, I'm not dealing with that, but he goes, oh, fuck, I'm going to need more tarps. Uh (laughs) 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 Man, it's great. They go from yelling at each other, and then when love shows back up, they stop and be like, hey, hey. Uh, It's all good. Back to, hey, hey, bestie. Mm -hmm. And then Sherry backfires on her again uh, when she's like, you should kill Joe. Because we'll back you up that, you know, he did all these things and then you had no other choice and he was abusive and this and that. And again, she thinks she's making that right call being on love's side. And then love is like, oh, you're a monster, aren't you? That's what she literally says to her. It's like, oh. She did not hold back. I was kind of surprised Man. by that. I almost thought she was going to get through to her. But she's like, you're a monster. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. shit. Love ain't falling for yeah. it. No. But yeah, like we said, this uh, box therapy Seems to have worked for them because through all of this horrible trauma, at least they realize that they really are perfect for each other because, you know, all the fighting, the shooting, the arguing now leads to when we get out of here, you're going to have all the burgers and you're going to be the hottest one-eared bitch in all of Madre Linda. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, you know, Carrie's fading fast. Sherry finally figures out there's a key or keys hidden on the inside of the box you know they're looking for the weak spot and they realize the weak spot is joe in love and they don't trust each other so they hit keys in here and she works fast finally is able to find it and they turn out blossoming from this whole experience as great motivational couple speakers of course they did getting ted talks and everything good good for them i guess (laughs) yeah i was glad they made it and i love that they completely destroyed everything looking for that key or keys Mm -hmm. i know there were two um, but they only needed one um and i thought it was really smart of sherry to recognize that you know through all of their uh arguing you know they had totally missed that there was that keyhole you know there um and maybe maybe it would have overlooked it uh had that bullet hole where carrie had tried to you know shoot it um so it was it was clever of her to realize that why would you need a keyhole on the inside if mm-hmm. if you know there wasn't a key you know and and yeah and knowing joe and love and kind of understanding who they are that oh yeah they might use it against each other <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there was probably a key hidden. Yeah, it was I like that. I like that. Yeah, it was funny to see Sherry, you know, who's who was always so made up and perfect. Her hair was all askew. She had like flour and stuff up in her hair and you know, looking a little imperfect. Um <laughs> it was like seeing the true her. So Yeah. Great stuff. Great stuff in in it was good to see uh something good come of the whole murder cage. Yeah. Don't see that. So, and that they survived. I think yeah, the only, they, like the only other person the, that survived was that Will Bettel, was it, is it Bettelheim? Was that his name from yeah, last uh-huh. season? Yeah. Yeah. He's the only other one that's really, I think, survived that whole cage thing. So. Yeah. 
It's a, it's rare breed of cage survivors. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, didn't they even like their their speak like motivational speaking and stuff? Like it, they literally turned it into like a form of therapy of like couples therapy where they lock each like they're going about speaking about this method of couples locking themselves in a cage for whatever amount of time to like break down their their stuff with each other and still like they they turned it into a whole thing. It's like oh, of course they did. Why not? <laughs> right, it worked for them. So. Everything else has been done. Why not? <laughs> oh, that was good. That was good. Um, well, my number three um, is R.I.P. Love. I'm just going to jump into it. Um, All right. As I said, I absolutely adore Victoria Pedretti. I think that she, for me anyway, was really the standout of the season. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely going to miss her and I should have known honestly how this was going to go down. Uh, but I really wasn't expecting it. So it was a shock for me. Um, and this whole dynamic between Joe and love all season, it has been so fun to watch them. And I, I know we've talked about it in other, um, episodes, watching them play off of each other watching their craziness play off of each other and their how they kind of one-up each other um, in in the crazy psycho things that they do. Um, and it was interesting to see... I mean, I hated so much that Joe would get, like, so angry at her for her actions. And I'm like, Joe, she is... I mean, I know she's more impulsive. We've talked about that. Like, Joe, like love just shoots at the hip you know and she just yeah. she will just knock someone over the damn head and not think about planning it out like you know what are the consequences of this um and i don't mean like consequences of hurting or killing someone but just like well now i've got to deal with it right i've got to figure yeah. out how to clean it up and what to do about the body th- all things like that. she doesn't think about it. she just acts um and joe does not and i mean i think one thing that joe never got about love is that he totally mirrors him you know, um, and I, and I think that as soon as it was revealed that she could be like him, that's when he got repulsed by her, and you know, and well, and that happened in season two. Sorry, that was really more of season two. There at the end, yeah. when he realized like who she really was, that she could kill too, and kind of do it like he did. Then he was like, oh well. I don't want anything to do with you. And he was getting ready to kill her except for when she found out or whenever she said that she was pregnant. Um, And I I feel really bummed that she was killed because, you know, what I would have liked to have seen is kind of flip it a little bit and and have love, like follow her into the next crazy chapter. I had a thought while watching it on the first time that, they might go that way. And I was like, I, I wouldn't be mad if that's what happened is if she would end up killing Joe and we get love. Of course, I don't know how much you really follow her story. Cause she doesn't have this like weird obsession thing. So it's kind of like, well, where do you move her next in like a relationship with another person or, or you know, where does her story go from there? Right. So, so I get that why it kind of makes more sense to continue with Joe because he's going to, Continue obsessing and being a total creep. So that's what he does. Right. And that's why I feel like it would have been more interesting because I feel like, you know, 
I'm kind of maxed out, mm-hmm. you know, on 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 Joe um, and his whole obsession. Uh, that, and so, I mean, I don't know. I think it would have been more interesting for me anyway. And I thought, yeah, I thought that too, that when she had poisoned him at the end and he was paralyzed and I was like, Oh shit, they're going to kill Joe. You know, I, I didn't see this coming <laughs> or like, are they really going to do that? And could we then follow love and see, you know, what that's going to do? Um, but obviously we didn't get that. So I don't know. I I was really enjoying the exchange between them. Um, you know, when she goes to the effort to make him the dinner and he realizes that she knows and she kind of lays it all out for him later at dinner and seems to be a step ahead of him, or at least she thinks anyway, uh, for a little while. Um, but I mean, I'm really going to miss her. I think she was so great. And I think she was, I know she was not a good person. I know I'm not living in la la land here, but she was so (laughs) damn fun to watch. Uh, yeah. And I think most of that has to do with um, the charm of Victoria Pedretti herself, because um, I think she is so fantastic and and plays that character so well. It's fun to see the you know her play Love Quinn, and then think of um, her in Hill House as Nell Crane. So yeah, very different characters, um, and how she can have that range between both. So it probably has a lot to do with the charm of of her. Um, and how she's brought the character to life that maybe yeah. makes me really miss her because clearly love was extremely unstable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I think that's probably a nice way to say it. Yeah, that's... And she... <laughs> Look, I understand a little bit of where she's coming from. Now, does she max it out to the extreme? Absolutely. Do I condone anything that she's done? Absolutely not. Uh, but I, I kind of, kind of like, okay, I see where you're going. Um, but I don't think you're right. Um, but she was a fun character. And so, I don't know. I was really sad to see her go. Uh, I, I don't know. I'll probably have more say, more to say about it there at the end about, um, what, what happens later, what, what Joe ends up doing, but just in general speaking about love and, and her death, I thought it was pretty brutal. Uh, I was kind of heartbroken to see her go because she was entertaining. And yeah. I feel like she's dead, right? She's got to be dead. Yeah. Um, I feel like it seemed pretty final. Yeah, I, I don't think you, you come back. It's, it's not a head injury like a lot of the, on this show. Uh, yeah. I don't think you come back from a, a dose of poison like that and then getting blown up inside the house. And I don't think. <laughs> I don't think so. And I feel like, I think, Vic, I mean, Victoria Pedretti, the way that she um, said it, she's like, I feel like it's pretty final. She goes, it is up to the writers, but she goes, um, I feel like that that was the end for her. Um, but, you know, did, this was very, very subtle. But at the end, when Joe puts the syringe in her hand, when she's lying mm-hmm. on the floor, her fingers twitch, her hand twitched. Um, I did not notice that. It was very subtle. Um, hmm. I had to, I, I, yeah, I caught it on the second um, watch, and I was like, "Wait a minute, what?" And I rewound it like ten times, I think. Just, <laughs> I was like, "No, her hand, her hand twitches." 
uh, so yeah, her fingers move a little bit after he places the syringe in her hand. And I mean, we do have in past history with you, they do have characters that do return. We didn't have, you know, they didn't show a funeral. Um, and because we're hearing all of this from Joe, who is an unreliable narrator, um, yeah. because he's the one that informs us of her death. Um, and we've had a fake death before. Uh, we've had Candace, um, who, who was, you know, we thought dead and not. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. I feel she probably is, but I feel like if they wanted to justify bringing her back in season four, but no, I, I, it's probably not. I, I think that's just uh-huh. a, I'm just saying, I'm just, I'm throwing it out there because I, there's that <laughs> tiny little, I, cause just cause I miss her. Yeah. I get that. But anyway, I don't know what, did you have thoughts? But I mean, I'm sure that you did, but anything you want to add to that? About just that whole thing? Just the, um, that <laughs> general, like, love dying or in what happened between her and Joe? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I've got a whole point about that for sure. Uh, <laughs> okay. I thought you did. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, are you ready for that? Are yeah, you go for it. I'm done. Yeah, yeah, I'll go ahead and throw that in. It's kind of, it was my number one. I'll move it to two and then we'll just throw things around. Eh, it's all <laughs> one through five It's or whatever. It's, it's all it's relative It's all just anyway, one right? big thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I had like, so as like the, that point, it's just a big broad stroke of Joe's plans and his escape and everything we see him mm-hmm. trying to put together. Cause right off the bat with these episodes, he's still looking for an out. He's like, yep, nope, we're done. I got to get out of here. Marianne is the one that I care about and love now. And I'm mm-hmm. got to go. So irritating. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, while he's, he's getting it on, uh, he's missing all these texts and calls. We have a problem. And <laughs> when he looks at it and he's just like, well, she's probably killed everyone now. So that's great. Um, <laughs> his inner uh, dialogue has just been so on point this season for yeah. sure. So good. Yeah. And then when he goes back to the house to see her the first time and she notices the gun and immediately jumps to a murder suicide plan set up for the Conrads which is a rare moment where I'd agreed with Joe. And I was like, oh, damn, she's scary. Get out of there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then, see, the next time when she comes home and catches him, I just had a little note I thought was funny. is uh, Looking for a charger seems to be the go-to excuse for everybody in this show. Theo had used it so many times. Joe had used it where they were in some rooms like, what are you doing? I was looking for a charger. That's just... The perfect an- answer universally uh, for why you're anywhere at any time. So I will have to remember to use that. You know, absolutely. <laughs> what are you doing in this bank vault? Um, looking for a charger. Oh, yep, there it is, uh, right there. <laughs> Still rainer for Joe to like be hooking his phone up in the baby's room. Like that's right. the only charger in the whole house. I know, just use right. it for everything, <laughs> yeah. sir. This car has been reported stolen. Oh man, I was just looking for a charger in here. Yeah, hey, my bad. <laughs> oh, yep, there it is, right over there. I'm sorry. Sorry to bug. Yeah start using that for everything uh but yeah he's working his brain real hard this whole episode to figure out okay how do i get me and henry out of here uh and then love comes home that time reveals that she killed in quotations theo um you know and then she decides that's the perfect time to segue into we should totally have another baby 
So that doesn't help the case. He's like, well, okay, G-T-F-O-A-S-A-P, got it. Um, with Marion in tow, preferably. And so, yeah, that's when he talks to Marion, and he's got that whole, you know, when she says, I'm glad he's dead, and this feeling of pride that he's got. And then she asks him to go along with her and Juliet, and it's just the greatest gift he's ever received. Uh, and and then they, the dinner, which uh, <laughs> I have the dinner as a separate point, but then talk about death a little bit, which, you know, a, a big part of it is him bringing up James in that situation into everything. It was one, it was like last ditch effort to avoid violence it was being like, okay, so this is what happened with James. Like, let's not go down that route. We mm-hmm. can, and then he drops the D word as he says, where he's like, can we just amicably spit uh, split at least as much as possible and just, okay. Yeah. I was with Marianne. You were with Theo. Obviously this isn't working. Can we just, Stop. Yeah, like stop pretending. <laughs> they, they, I think, realized yeah. at that point that they were both just kind of phoning in the whole thing uh, of their, quote, happy marriage. Yep. But yeah, obviously that's not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> Love has her own plan, which I can go into later. Uh, but yeah, talk about her death. Is that the uh, crazy twist? Maybe a little far-fetched? Uh, whatever works, I guess. But yeah, Joe at some point had realized that love was growing the aconite and then just put it together that he could end up, you know, that she could use it on him. So he learned the antidote and then took that when she went to check on Henry, just in case. It was a little far fetched, wasn't it? Just a little. Yeah. And then I guess this like lethal dose in the syringe, he just had that in his pocket the whole time again, just in case he ended up having to use it. Uh, Cause then the adrenaline he took, made the effects wear off in time that he could keep love from killing him. And then he killed her. But then I was wondering, it's like, okay, what, at what point did his paralysis end? It was after Matthew for sure. Cause he definitely was still paralyzed when Matthew was there. I feel like I he, he I, yeah, I thought the same too. I was like, well, when was he not paralyzed? I mean, was yeah, he was like, faking it the entire time? Because how could he fake it when, you know, Matthew is like trying to force him to talk. And it's yeah, like he, I think he, he was really paralyzed during Matthew because he was trying to convey, don't call the cops. Theo's okay. Here's where he's at. And he had to just use eye language. Uh, so he was definitely paralyzed then. And I'm wondering, well, when Marion was there, wouldn't he have said something or done something if he could move at that point? Maybe he's afraid mm-hmm. love would kill her out of an impulse panic. If that was the case. But it seemed like I, if he was able to move right at the time that she went to kill him, it's like, well, that's a little convenient. Um, yeah, like if that's when it right. kicked in. <laughs> Perfect timing. Yeah. yeah. But, that uh, was a little convenient. It did turn out in the end, they did really wolf each other. That was a missed opportunity. Yeah. To, wolf, wolf Spain. I, I, I wolf yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a yeah. missed opportunity with Wolf Spain. I wolf you. Mm-hmm. What if that was like a foreshadowing thing in season two? I don't know, maybe. That would have been really cool if it was. It would have been kind of clever. Uh, yeah, because they did kind of two of those little things. Another one I noticed, other than the Wolfsbane, was the, uh, their final meaningful, or their first and last meaningful meals together were both her special roast chicken. Never trust when she cooks you a mm-hmm. roast chicken. 
because that was season two when they first like started hanging out together and she was trying to find his like LA food and she realized it was a homemade roast chicken meal and they bonded over that. Perfect bite. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting. But yeah, uh, and then her final words uh, were perfect for each other, but bad for Henry. He'll know what you are. So it was that mixed within him remembering his own mother telling him as a kid, I still loved you, but I realized I was hurting you too. So sometimes we need to start over, Joey. I was like, as fucked up as that was for her to tell him. Um, Man, not great. But it makes him realize that he has to start fresh himself and give Henry that fresh start opportunity as well. Giving Henry to Dante and Lansing, which was sad, but honestly, probably absolutely best for the kid. And I'm glad he gets to have normal parents who will raise him correctly. Henry wins in the end of this thing, for sure. I hope so. I hope so. But man, man the, the, the legacy that that kid inherits, you know, right. uh, cause he's going to eventually learn, I would guess anyway, uh, you know, what his parents did or who his parents were and the circumstances of, of all of that. Um, but yeah. It was sad because I, I mean, it kind of, I don't know, it's, it, that was hard because it's like, God, you're abandoning your kid, uh, you know, but at the same time, it's like, no, you probably did the best thing for him because yes, you are a terrible human, Joe, and you are not fit to raise a child. Uh, And it was probably the one true loving act uh, that he did because then I know that he struggled uh, in the beginning, which was kind of hard to buy this whole, oh, I can't bond with my kid, you know, and he was kind of looking at him like a little alien instead of his son um, there in the first couple of episodes. But, um, but you know, it, it did seem that he really did love his son and truly wanted the best for him. And I think that proved it there by giving him to, you know, loving parents that will provide for him and care for him and hopefully grow up, you know, normally, or at least as well balanced as any of us, I guess. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, Uh. But at least a better start than, uh, you know, where he was with, uh, Joe and love had, had, had none of that ever happened. I don't see it really going that well for Henry. I mean, can you imagine the things Mm -hmm. he could have heard or picked up on? Just think of like the trauma he's probably already. And I know that he probably won't have any memory of that, but just thinking about any of that trauma that could have imprinted on him, even at such a young age, um, is kind of sad to, to think about. Um, so yeah, it's probably one of the most decent things Joe's ever done. Definitely. Uh, then, of course, he follows that uh, act of love and kindness up with uh, breaking out his fake suicide letter skills again um, to write out a full confession and goodbye note from love saying that she manipulated and then killed Joe as well after trying to fit in and seeing all the problems with, you know, this or, you know, she killed Natalie and then framed Gil and basically writes everything out to kind of wrap mm-hmm. it all up in a nice bow that it was all love, but also I'm dead now. So, oh, well, it's all over with It's all over. Yeah. Um, and he, yeah, kills himself in that letter. So he's now free to start elsewhere with a new identity again, I guess. Uh, but then what I really liked about it was all set to Taylor Swift and Bonavere. Oh my God. Exile, which powerful it's song like- choice. Cause 
I, I, I wrote down so some of the lyrics to that song that play over this scene that just fit it so fits. well. It was a, it was yeah. a great song choice because you're, you're not my homeland anymore. So what am I defending now? You were my town. Now I'm in exile seeing you out. Uh, and of course, later on, the, all this time, we always walked a very thin line. You didn't even hear me out. You didn't even hear me out. You never gave a warning sign. I gave so many signs. Yeah, uh, the lyrics and the song choice, impeccable. I really liked that a lot. Plus, it's just a beautiful song. <laughs> it's an absolutely beautiful. I'm absolutely obsessed with that song, honestly, from mm-hmm. the first time that I heard it when she released it. Um and and still listen to it constantly today. I absolutely love that song. And when it started to play, like I was already feeling really emotional about what was happening. Because like I said, I was, you know, upset yeah. over, I was like, oh my God, he's killed love. Don't, don't, what, wait, what's happening? So I'm having all of these, and I'm like, why am I sad for love? She was crazy. She was a psycho. Um, but at the same time, she was fun to watch. And I had, you know, um, an adoration, not an adoration. That's the wrong, wrong word. But I just liked her. Uh, there were things about her that I liked. And um, and she was fun to watch. So, yeah, I was sad. And then they throw that song out there. And I'm like, what are you trying to do to me right now? That's put me, oh, no. that is put right. me over the edge. And I and maybe it's because I was so mad that Joe won. Like, I feel like if if if, if you had to pick one, I was going to pick love. I'm, I'm just so pissed at joe and how he keeps getting away with these things and how he treats these women that he's obsessed with and how he treated love you know she was right about so many things like i said she was not a great person either and she did all these terrible things too but she was right about him on so many in so many ways and so many levels um so yeah that song was like a total gut punch i think i just the the waterworks definitely started yeah. and the way that the way they makes you feel yeah and the in the fitting of the lyrics in what was happening yeah was fitting yeah very very powerful song mm-hmm. great song i encourage everyone to go listen to it if you haven't already yes it's so good and then yeah he goes as far then after that to cut off two of his toes one to plant in the pie that blew up the house oh, and good lord when he commits a, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> puts the other one in a trophy box for for the people to find uh Man, which the toes, again, just, it was a way for him to leave DNA evidence of himself, like his body behind, Mm -hmm. so he could be dead. But then, yeah, like the little line, though, that kind of follows that up with, because of that, it left. And Love Quinn became the Mrs. Lovett of Montre Linda, which, love that line, because I'm a huge Sweeney Todd fan. Uh, But all these poor Madre Lindens having to think about that possibility, though. All those muffins and all those dead people. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Damn. But yeah. Well, and then and then the real knife twist, and you're probably going to mention it. What he then says Uh later in the note was like a real, I don't know, twist of the knife to me. Um, I don't have anything else about the note, so making or that love is more famous than Guinevere Beck. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, dude, Oof. that, that burns. Got to bring up Beck's. That, that your legacy now is just making women famous in the worst ways possible. Come on. Ugh. Yeah. I didn't like that. Oof. So yeah, mad at him. He, 
takes off after Marion, which again, like I said, God, please don't let him find her for her sake. Uh, but I guess season four is going to Paris, at least for a little bit. Who knows um, what they have planned. But I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Me too. I think I would have liked it better with love, but um, we'll see. Um, well, my next one, what, are we on number two? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is a little bit of, uh, I just have a couple of points in honor of Love Quinn. Um, because I, I really am going to miss her. Um, so, so, yes, she was a murderous psycho. But we... I loved to watch her anyway and reasons that I or maybe we loved Quinn and why we'll miss her. Uh, she's brazenly honest. That was one of the things that I admired about her. Uh, you know, because so so often with this show, and especially this season, you know, J- Joe rarely means what he says, especially when he's talking to love. Um, but love can be ruthlessly honest, um, even if it's not even in situations that maybe don't always require it, like when, um, let's see, when she's asked about what she thought of the murder of one of Madre Linda's citizens, Ryan, you know, uh, and what was that in the bakery when everybody's like gossiping about her or something? She says, I think you're all a bunch of scandal hungry crows and no amount of feasting on other people's sorrows is going to make your lives less hollow. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. Um, it was a little harsh, but she wasn't wrong. So I loved her candor. And she wasn't... Which, yeah. Again, sorry, uh, break it, just music stuff. Uh, do you notice the song that was playing in the bakery during that scene when she's talking to Kiki and I don't think I noticed. Because when they're talking about Ryan, she's putting all She's the putting it together. together, yeah. So the song playing in the back, it was very faint, is Lost Cause by Billie Eilish. Oh. Uh, which I also really like. Let me see Billie Eilish, but again lyrically kind of just clever how they do that because like the chorus of that where it says thought you had your shit together but damn i was wrong you ain't nothing but a lost cause and this ain't nothing like it once was i know you think you're such an outlaw but you got no job (laughs) oh that is fitting yeah that is fitting (laughs) and i should probably learn that i i'm gonna go see her in concert in a couple weeks so i should probably learn that a little bit better um yeah, yeah I love that's the song choices in this. And that one was very subtle. It was very in the background, but I was like, I know this. Hang on, that's Billy Eilish. Leave it to yes. you. <laughs> Leave it to you to pick up on it. I was not paying attention. I was so into the scene, so mm-hmm. I totally that was over my head. But good to know. Yeah, they've done a good job with the songs for sure. Um, but yeah, loved loved how um, honest love could be. And you know, yes, she was impulsive, but. You know, she was usually right on the nose. Um, mm-hmm. Another uh, another item. Um, she killed in the first episode. <laughs> uh-huh. It was fun. She was just like <laughs> getting straight to it. Um, she had style. Uh, you know, yes, she was a killer, but she looked really great doing it. I really, really loved her wardrobe. Thought she just absolutely looked fantastic. So, you know, got to have a little killer style. Um, She put effort into her family. Uh, You know, Joe has been, like, completely checked out, like, the entire time. And he's just been, what would the perfect husband do? You know, and he's just faking it and riding along. 
and um, he, you know, he seems detached, you know, from his family. Um, he's out seeking other women like Marianne. And then he's constantly, um, like, vilifying love for the same freaking qualities that he has. It's just made me right. so freaking mad all season. That's just irritated the shit out of me. I'm like, you are condemning her for being exactly like you. Yeah. Now, her methods are different. Like I said, she's impulsive. Joe's usually a little more methodical. He usually thinks things through. Usually, we didn't see that, I, I would say, with Ryan so much. Uh, but anyway, I'm like, you're you're totally condemning her for the same exact thing that she does. But anyway, um, but she had been striving to keep her family together. And, you know, she I like when she really summed it up to him. She's like, I need your heart. Henry needs your heart. And unlike you, I have to be his mother 24 seven. In addition to running a fucking business, keeping the house together, dragging you to therapy and trying to be my sexiest self so you don't get bored. Um, so I liked all of her effort that she she put into the family. She killed for her family, yeah. right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Um I mentioned her earlier, but she mirrors Joe. You know, she uh, operated as a symbolic mirror for Joe. And, you know, and because of this, I know that he, you know, because she was an object of his affection in season two. uh, Well, maybe uh, obsession, not really affection, but object of his obsession. Sorry, I'll correct myself. Um, But when she reveals who she really is, like when she reveals her darker self, he can't look at her the same way because when he looks at um, when love reveals her darker self, he then sees the darker parts of himself and he tries to avoid that. Um, So there's that. Um, And I, I know it did not work out for her in the end, but I loved that she came up with this brilliant final strategy um, in that final episode. Um, You know, when she reveals that she poisoned Joe with that aconite, um, before killing him or before she was getting ready to kill him. You know, throughout the season, we, we saw Love working in her garden, but we didn't know, you know, that she was, you know, actually uh, caring and planting this this plant, you know, for the finale. When you think about how far yeah. back that was and how she had been tending to it, and, you know, she just kind of always had it there. Um, and unfortunately, it didn't, um, it didn't come through for her in the end, and, and Joe beat her at her own game and killed her instead. But I loved that she did have this brilliant strategy. And I think ha- had it not been, you know, for that, um, I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. I know whenever as she's talking and telling Joe that I was just like, Oh, you, I was like, you go girl, you get him, you get him. <laughs> he doesn't deserve you. <laughs> it does make me wonder. It's like, can you legally plant aconite and have it in your own garden? I don't know if you, I need to look into that. I had I didn't think about researching or thinking about that until right now. I'm like, legally, could some can is that something you can just plant in a garden? There's lots of poisonous <laughs> plants. Um, yeah, is it lily of the valley and something else? Are uh, yeah, there's some poisonous plants. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, but yeah. Anyway, um, kind of short and sweet, but. Like I said, in, in honor of love, whom uh, I thought brought a lot of life into this series, um, not just in this season, but last season as well. And I was really sad to see her go because uh, she was so so much fun to watch and those interactions between her and Joe. Um, I want to kind of talk about 
some of some of those things. Um, what's your? This should be a good one. What's your number one? Yeah, um, talking about right there directly with that aconite and stuff mm. like that. Yeah, is uh, loves plans and plan and what she puts together. Um, of course, the first plan we really see, which isn't part of that plan. Again, I mentioned it a little bit. Was her taking Sherry's idea uh, about calling out Matthew over Sherry's blog, and then she bundles that deal with a good reason for why the Conrads are going silent for a while. Mm-hmm. Is because they called them out, so now they're in hiding. You know, because Matthew's creepy and intimidating. Which then, yeah, leaves Matthew heavily preoccupied with lawyers and end up having to get rid of everything. And then the town has something to, to gossip about and distract them from what's going on. So it works in her favor. Uh, yep. But then Sherry totally gets in her head and convinces her that Joe probably definitely is cheating on her with all the little things she's piecing together. And then when Ryan comes up dead after she finds the shirt, yeah, then she just starts putting everything together. And like I said, set to Billie Eilish, so you know it's getting serious. Uh and then, yeah, she works pretty quick. You know, she picks up Henry before Joe can get over there. So the mm-hmm. plan is <laughs> so Joe's plan is hit a snack. At that point, Joe comes home to find out that Love is very aware of his extramarital activities, and she's prepared this very special dinner for him. Like I said, this <laughs> very very special roast chicken, but first and last meaningful meals they had together. Um. I did not pick up on the fact she was handling the carving knife with her oven mitt still on on the first watch. So then knowing what happened on the second watch, I'm like, okay, how did this? And it's like, oh, there it is. Yeah, she just never takes the oven mitt off. Mm-hmm. Like, Smart. Uh, and yeah, and then she just goes straight to calling him out about Marianne. You know, do you love her? You know, uh, <laughs> you know all this stuff. And then lays out something that that's quite a conversation they have that whole, you know, that he's willing to murder for Marianne, just like love is willing to kill for Joe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, you know, you, you don't, you know, I have to do these things for you because you can't, but yet you really can. It's just for somebody that's not me. Yeah. Like, why aren't you willing to murder for me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, a, what a weird conversation. <laughs> right. But, like, but Joe's got his own to fire back about Theo. You know, after he's like, I was willing to kill Theo for you. I was like, oh, the 19-year-old you're fucking? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that guy. Oh, yeah, I know about that. It's like, yeah, typical family dinner, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but a big difference and still not a justification and still not okay. Right. But, you know, uh, Love was messing around with Theo as a reaction to how Joe was treating her, uh, mm-hmm. where you know, Joe was, and he, I don't, cause I don't buy that he really loves Marianne at all, but he thinks he does and he's completely obsessed yeah. with her. Um, so that was, I think a total different situation. Love did not have feelings for Theo. She, I think liked the thrill. I think she liked how he made her feel because she wasn't getting that from Joe. She knew he was yeah, totally somebody, that, so somebody you know. doting on her. Yeah. Yeah, totally. She liked the attention cause she wasn't getting mm-hmm. it at home. Yeah, and so yeah, she goes to check on the baby, which gives the moment for Joe to sneak his adrenaline at some point. Sure, okay, but uh, but also falls for her trap and grabs a knife by its handle, poisoning himself with the wolf's bane that she dosed it with to paralyze him. 
And then the way that she reveals it to him is great. Where he was like, yeah, you asked about James. Well, you were right. He's like, I did kill him, but I didn't mean to. It's just that uh, I got the dosage wrong. He's like, what are you talking about, dosage? He's like, but this time I got it right. He's like, what are you talking about? Mm. And it was a really cool reveal. Uh, it was really cool. Yeah, that that her plan there that she wanted just it, what she did with James was you know just he was ready to walk out on her and leave her, so she wanted to paralyze him. So. It literally forces her to stay. It forces him to stay so they can talk it out. You're going to have this conversation uh, whether you like it or not. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> it was a one-sided conversation for a little while. Uh, but, of course, she had him ingest it, which is way too high of a dose, works to the bloodstream too quick, and it did kill him. So this time she prepared better, and it was a absorbed through the skin method with the knife handle. Uh, so now she's taking care of Joe, and then yeah, she can talk. To him about it but first she's got to go deliver some cupcakes <laughs> commitments you know right yeah but then she comes back home from the cupcake drive uh right before marianne comes over and then that tense conversation we talked about again yeah i think 100 percent was planning on killing marianne no doubt but luckily marianne says a lot of the right things her daughter showing up helped a lot because that's what brings love to really realize Marion's not what wrong. What's wrong? Joe has always been the problem. And so, yeah, after her conversation there, the, her big takeaway is, yeah, Joe is is the problem. He almost pushed me into orphaning this poor little girl. So that's not good. But also, I've seen Marion can uh, be a strong uh, single mother and be noble and beautiful while doing it. So mm-hmm. uh, you know what? Sounds like a great plan. I'll do the same. Let me finish him off. (laughs) Well, and I mean, she kind of had a point, too, when she's like, you know, you picked up the knife. Like, she put it, uh, the poison on the knife. That If he hadn't Mm -hmm. picked it up, then it wouldn't have poisoned him. So, he, it it kind of really revealed his true intentions. Had he not intended to use it on her, he never would have been poisoned. So, I kind of really liked her methodology on that. That was pretty, pretty brilliant. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, and I was thinking about, um, it took me a hot minute to remember, you know, she was talking about how she had poisoned James um, and had not intentionally killed him, but had gotten the dosage wrong. Um, but she had wanted to keep him there, so you know, to keep him from leaving and like kind of force them to have the conversation about you know saving their marriage and him not leaving. But wasn't he deaf? And if he like he can't, well, and even Joe couldn't talk. But so if it, how is Joe going to communicate if he's paralyzed and can't use his hands to right. communicate? <laughs> I'm not really sure what Love was thinking. <laughs> Um, it's more if you can't leave and I'm going to talk right, to you. Right. Maybe it was going to be a one-sided conversation. Very like one-sided you're just, conversation. You're just going to sit here and listen. You don't get to say anything. Yeah. You're just going to listen. Maybe that's how it was going to go. But I'm like, he's yeah. not going to be able to talk to you. Um, you know, if he's not able to talk, he can't sign. Um, not sure mm-hmm. what. But it was still, um, I think, a, a good reveal. So, yeah, despite that. Totally random tangent, but it kind of fits with Strange Indeed stuff. Speaking of uh, James, the actor who played James in season two, I didn't realize this till I was going back because I'm doing my Oscar watch for all the Oscar movies and stuff right now. Still. Yeah. Uh, forget the name of the actor, but the guy who played James actually is deaf in real life. 
And he was in Oscar-nominated movie Coda with Amelia Jones from Lock and Key. Um, And I just checked. His name's James Kennedy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he plays. uh, uh, Is it Amelia Jones? Right. Yes. Sounds right. Yes. Yes, Who plays Kenzie in Lock and Key? uh, So in the Coda. She's the only hearing person in a family of deaf people, and he plays her brother. And it's a beautiful oh, movie. It's I've heard good plug things. Plug it. It's, it's so good. So, yeah. <laughs> I've heard really good things about that movie. So, and of course, with Amelia yeah. Jones in it, and we all covered Lock and Key um, when, mm-hmm. um, oh, a couple months back, whenever it was on, uh, you, me, and Jason. And I heard about that, and I thought, you know, I've heard good things. And I wanted to watch yeah. it because I think, I think she has really grown as an actress. Yeah, so. she was incredible in it. But, but yeah, because I always go to like IMDb after watching a movie and just to kind of like learn a little things about it and see stuff. And while watching, it, I was like, why does he, this guy look so familiar? Her brother. So with IMDb casting, I was like, who's it? It's like, oh, he was on you. He was Love's X. Got it. <laughs> yeah. That was great. Good point. Um, well, my number one, uh, I just want to talk a little bit about. And it's more speculation, I guess, because we know we do know that there's going to be a season four. Um, no news yet on when it will air, but like you said, could poss- probably be this year. Like I said, I keep forgetting mm-hmm. that we're not covering it when it originally aired, like last year. It's it's now, um, so it could yeah. be later this year for us. Uh, so we don't know yet. Um, I'm sure we'll you know we'll pass it on when we know. Um, so we know there's a season four. Uh, we know that Joe uh, thinks that Marianne may have went to Paris, or at least in the area around Paris, uh, because you see the Eiffel Tower. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, you know, do you think he'll find Marianne? I don't know. But do you think that season four could be the final season? It, as much as I do enjoy this show. I, I feel like it would not be a bad move for them to end it on four. Because mm-hmm. like you said, okay, so love is gone. Because that's what made season three right here so good and so much fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Was because having love as part of the, the main character dynamic, it changed the dynamic of the show from, and here's Joe, he's a creep and he's obsessing over this girl. There yeah, you go. And, and then repeat. a bunch of shenanigans happen because of it. You know, it works for two seasons, but then with season three, having her be who she is and it really balancing between them made this season different. So if they go back to the formula of, and now Joe's on his own again and he's being obsessive and creepy, it seems like a step backwards. So I hope they have something really clever and creative for season four, but I don't know how much further they can take the story before it burns itself out. I agree. Uh, I, I enjoy the shit out of this show and, you know, I have since we covered it from season one, I just thought it was just fun and crazy and unpredictable and just when you thought you know they've topped it they take it a step further so it's it's been really great to watch and a lot of fun and you know uh pen badgley i think does a really great job as joe um yeah and you know i i enjoy him playing this character i did not enjoy i used to watch gossip girl i'll admit it i don't care don't judge me whatever (laughs) um 
But, you know, I, I did not enjoy him in that show at all. He was one of my least favorite characters uh, in, in that show. So I was, of course, kind of hesitant about this. I was like, oh, man, I don't know. I didn't really like him that much there in Gossip Girl. But he really surprised me, really did a great job. But I do think um, it should be the final season, honestly. I think they do need to kind of mm-hmm. wrap it up. So I wouldn't be mad. And we don't know that, by the way. I'll just say that they, we know that there's a season four, but... I don't think there's been any official words saying that season four was going to be the final season. So I don't know that. I'm just thinking, in my opinion, that it should be, that they should be wrapping it up. Because, Mm -hmm. like you said, Joe and his whole antics of this stalking, um, at least for me, gets old pretty quick. And like you said, in what we've talked about, that one of the things that made season three so great was that he had love to play off of and to keep it interesting. And he had to keep cleaning up after her. (laughs) 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 Like you said, his whole internet, like like when she's texting him and calling, he's like, oh my gosh, she's probably killed half the town. It's funny. (laughs) It's not funny. It's funny. (laughs) But I'm, I'm curious. And I think what could make season four kind of interesting um, instead of kind of dealing with the same rinse and repeat, uh, and 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 what does start off a little bit different is he's going into season four with already someone that he's yeah, like he's still obsessing and looking for Marianne versus yeah. like starting off fresh, so that's a little bit different. And I don't think you know, I mean, Marianne, if he, if he actually finds her. I mean, she's not going to be cool with that, right? I mean, she's no. she's going to have heard, I'm sure, what happened uh, back in Madre Lin- Linda. Like, what's Joe doing there? Are you supposed to be dead? Why did you fake your death? How are you going to explain that? You think she's probably going to, you know, um, be a little wary and cautious of him if he all of a sudden just shows up. Uh, you know, that whole conversation between her and love. You know, she's going to have that in in her head. What the hell does he actually think is going to happen if he catches up with her, that he's going to be able to explain that away? I don't think that's going to go very well or go the way that he expects it to at all if he actually does find her. I don't know if he will, but that's where we're starting it anywhere, where we're ending it. Um, So that'll be a little bit different. I mean, it's going to be a total red flag for her if he all of a sudden shows up and actually does find her. But I think what would be kind of interesting is, you know, think about everyone from his past and some of the major mm-hmm. players from the previous seasons that could come back to kind of haunt him. Uh, Love's parents, you know, um, I know Dottie's mm-hmm. a complete shit show and it didn't seem like her father was at all in the picture this season and Love didn't really want to have anything to do with him, but they are still powerful people and they have a lot of influence and money. If they get any type of hint that Joe could be alive, well, it's pretty easy for them to hop a flight to Paris, right? Um, yeah. And you've got Ma- uh, Matthew. Dude has a freaking security company. Um, and yeah. he... And he knows that Joe killed Natalie at this point. Or, or I mean, uh, that Love did. But then Joe, like, covered for it and everything. Like, he he put all the pieces together pretty quick. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And well, and I don't know how much Theo remembers. I mean, the poor fella had quite a, mm-hmm. a head injury. So I don't know how his memory is. But if he can remember, because uh, he's the one that thought that Joe killed, like, Matthew thought it was um, love. And Theo was convinced that it was um, Joe. But yeah. he also knows that, or well, like I said, I don't know 
how reliable his memory is or what he remembers, but it was love that actually knocked him out. Um, mm-hmm. But either way, clearly bad news, both of them, right? Well, you know, Matthew owns a security company, and he's clearly proven to be pretty damn tenacious uh, when he's got something in his, you know, sights, right? Um, so if he had even a suspicion, you know, uh, of Joe yeah. kind of being alive or whatever. Uh, Ellie, haven't seen Ellie, right? She's been MIA mm-hmm. since season two. She could be a potential major player um, if someone um, like either Marianne or Matthew maybe could start connecting the dots. So I don't know. I, I think that would be kind of cool to kind of see some of these people that have been kind of left behind from season one or two or three kind of come up and Joe get his comeuppance. Right. That's, that's kind of thing. Cause I think this is another one of those shows where I think the only way to really end this is for Joe to, to end with what he deserves and mm-hmm. to see it done by other people in his life that, you know, the people, even though like some of these people, he was like good to, but also put them in really bad situations and also really messed up their lives in a lot of ways and who know who he is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the people like, I mean, you mentioned like Matthew and Theo, but even going back to other seasons, yeah, people like Ellie, Will, Paco, these people who have seen who he is and what he's capable of and then have left on their own accord or whatever, you know, anyway, yep. who could be people who could come back. Yeah, I think that would be a fun way if they could, if they could get the, you know, uh, the right folks to come in and do it. Yeah, you know, and come back and and replay their roles. I think that would be a good way to go. So I I don't know. That's that's my thoughts. I just want to kind of talk about yeah. that and what we think should happen, um, or at least give my opinion on it anyway. But I I like that we're kind of on the same same wavelength there. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's. I couldn't see this going many more seasons. Just for me, I don't. I would probably still keep watching. I'm sure, uh, but. It's like, I don't know. I feel like there's only so many ways to keep it fresh. I think they've done a fairly decent job so far. But with yeah. Love Gone now, I do kind of worry what what they'll try to do next to try to keep it interesting. Because I really don't yeah. want to keep seeing the same repeat that mm-hmm. we saw in, in seasons one and two. Three really kind of shook it up and brought that dynamic with Love. So, I don't know. And maybe they'll do it. Maybe they'll do it. I don't know. But... If that's if that's the direction they're going, I'm not really interested in that. Yeah. All right. What about notes? Oh, let's see. I've got a bunch. Let's see what I haven't uh, talked about. So we talked about Matthew a little bit about him just still really heavily focused on the camera footage, trying to piece things together. And then after everything comes out on Sherry's blog, uh, return of Marsha Cross. Uh, yes. <laughs> but I liked her her character spelling out precisely step by step exactly what happened as a way of saying how crazy Matthew's theory sounds. I know. Like, that was really funny to me. If you only knew. Uh, <laughs> if you only knew. Where she like were like spells out exactly what happened. And he's like, I know how crazy it sounds. And she's like, right. Uh, <laughs> but but oddly very much uh, on point. Right. And then uh while Love was gone on her uh, cupcake delivery job, uh, Matthew coming over for a little visit, putting everything together about the truth about Natalie pretty easily, and then gets the info he wants about Theo. Mm-hmm. 
and then deciding instead of killing Joe or whatever to leave him there to endure whatever love has planned for him. I was like, it's fair enough. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I was like, yeah, leave him, leave him to it. Sorry. Uh-huh. Sorry about your luck, Joe. Yeah. Uh, the little storyline with the younger Joe again, getting to do some heavy lifting, just some stuff. Uh, it didn't go as dark as I thought it might, but they still gave him some, some stuff to work with. Um, him seeing the the wrist brace nurse fiona he's feeling protective but at that age like what what can he do and again he has the opportunity to push someone down the stairs but his friend reminding him about how vengeance worked out for him the last time Mm -hmm. with his mom keeps him from doing it and then when something happens to fiona uh it's kind of this little look into maybe why he makes the extremes uh, like decisions he does now because holding back has turned out bad for him too you know, where he says that, you know, since he didn't intervene to save Fiona from Travis by taking him out, that, you know, because he didn't want her to hate him like his mom did for, for killing the guy that abused her. But then Joe's friend says that, you know, he doesn't actually know what his mom feels. And that leads him to actually tracking her down and confronting him later or confronting her later on, which gets the whole starting fresh. That was heartbreaking. Yeah. But it kind of plans this, like, thing in his head. So you kind of see maybe why he does what he does he's like well if i i step in people hate me but also if i don't step in then then the people that i love die or something bad happens mm-hmm. so that's kind of becomes the tortured soul that is joe goldberg well, he thinks you see he's, where that's made yeah and he thinks he's got to rescue um like he mm-hmm. thought he had to rescue his mom and of course it went horribly wrong but that's he just has this image in in this fantasy built up around the women that he obsesses over. And as soon as that facade, which isn't a facade, but he just, he has them, has these realistic or sorry, these um, fan fantastical type um, perspectives on them. Like with Beck, like she was supposed to be like this perfect, like Disney princess, if you will, that, you know, needed to be rescued and taken care of. But then when he found out she was, you know, cheating on him with the therapist and like she wasn't as perfect as what he made her out to be he just turned on her and then ends up killing her um you know and then like the same with love like he thought you know she needed to be taken care of and or he thought she needed to be taken care of um but as soon as she revealed her dark side he completely just turned against her Mm -hmm. um so yeah i think that's definitely kind of showing where all all of that stems from but you know, definitely heartbreaking uh, to to yeah. see how his mom, you know, treated him and just abandoned him. And he's got like, that's another like kind of loose kind of thread. He's got like this little half brother running around out there. Right. I was like, oh, Joe, Joe's got a brother. Does that come back into play now as an adult? <laughs> yeah. Maybe that would be something that comes up in season four. It's, you know, kind of revealed now that he's got a sibling out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see other little notes. Uh, just Ryan, the whole Ryan thing. Uh, oh Lord! With his some kind of super ability to know when Joe's following him and <laughs> ruining the surprise attacks. Uh, I like the new trope. Wishing I had Chekhov's gun to fire. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like when he called him a lazy. Uh, I'm paraphrasing, but like lazy piece of shit because he wouldn't take the right. stairs. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like <laughs> uh, so good. Yeah, he does end up like one-upping him, telling him he planted drugs in the car, which gets Ryan to leave him alone. 
but then also lets him get the jump on him to push him over the ledge, which, of course, Ryan survives the drop, and then things have to get real messy from there. What the hell are these guys taking that they can keep surviving <laughs> these, like, two or three story, like, mm-hmm. falls? To the protein shakes. I guess. Give me um, what's in those protein shakes, because damn. Right. <laughs> Yeah, and then I think the last thing I have is just kind of, yeah, where they they sum up what happened to the town. He says this line, you know, it's like, once our family, you know, the, the you know toxicity of our family is gone out of the community, people start thriving. But, you know, it shows, again, Henry with, with Dante and his partner, which was great. But, yeah, nobody says no to the man who just got turned into a pie. That <laughs> was a great line. Um, <laughs> Gross. Gross. The toes in the chicken chicken papai yeah so the best couple in the world get to keep henry because Dottie stays a mess and gives them custody is kind of a little wrap-up that they talk about mm-hmm. joe's voiceover says and then the rest of the town seems to me moving on as hipstery and well as they ever would um <laughs> yep that's accurate taking advantage of the entire situation for their own gains with uh Andrew and Jackson taking over the bakery and making it this whole like loosely like love Quinn themed whole thing, the whole situation and Kiki and Brandon coming up with this poison detector test for your app, for your phone or whatever, like everything. Yeah. (laughs) Taking something good from the trauma. Yeah. That's not such a bad thing. It's very perfectly Madre Linda, though, for sure. For sure. You know, there's a little bit of snark in the way that Joe's talking about it. It's like, yeah, I get that. It's <laughs> yeah. He he wasn't he wasn't wrong about a lot of that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I like. I think we covered most of my notes, but I I it did make me think uh, because I feel like it, it was happening so often. And then Love did it uh, again to Sherry there in uh, one of the last episodes. Um, I, I feel like now I need to disable the face ID on my phone uh, and like the, <laughs> the whole fingerprint thing. Because, I don't know, I feel like it's not turning out very well for everyone who keeps getting kidnapped. Um, right. Like now I have this fear someone's going to kidnap me and use my face ID to like text everyone that I know that like, oh, it's just business as usual. I'm good. I'm fine. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just hanging out. But I'm really stuck in a murder cage. Um, so I'm new fear unlocked <laughs> for sure. <laughs> just disable all achievement. Of it. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't like it. Oh, that was good. That was good. Any other notes or anything else That's, about this season? I think that is it we thoroughly broke it down yeah (laughs) and so entertaining i really did enjoy really did enjoy this but i don't know we'll see where where we go with season four they have to keep it interesting um all right well let's get into our listener feedback um so we did get uh several folks that wanted to chime in about this season and maybe even for the series uh because i know people binged and watched ahead so uh, i'll just i'll go ahead and take this first one since i'm a chatterbox tonight um maria lawson says joe is terrible but love was even worse glad henry will have a chance at a normal life and marianne made it out alive 
Good riddance to love and all her murdery ways. I'm hoping next season Joe's luck runs out and he finally gets his just desserts. I'm with you. All right. Yeah. Don Elizabeth, breaking down stuff for us. Uh, she says, I didn't comment last week for episode eight. You covered almost everything I noticed, but I'll add two things. We got to see Carrie naked and I'm not complaining. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I find it odd that in this day and age, we haven't seen any of the women that way. The other thing is that Matthew has all those cameras. Wouldn't he have seen Joe and Love move S and C to the murder basement? Sherry and Carrie, got it. Uh, I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, got it. Okay, on to episode nine. Joe found the gun, but never checked it. That bugged me as I target shoot and no gun safety. Possibly this is just a nitpick. Even the box, Carrie and Sherry are so weird. And the smell in there must be vile. Open toilet bucket and all. I have to admit that I enjoyed seeing Joe get beat up by Ryan, although Ryan deserved to pay for what he put Marianne through. And doesn't Joe have the worst luck throwing people off high places? Oh no, Theo is going to find the box. I almost thought Love would let Theo go, but I really knew better. Episode 10, who knew that I would be rooting for Sherry and Carrie? I'm glad they made it out alive. I can't believe I'm saying that. Rima, you were right in that Sherry would find the key, and Theo survived too. I liked him throughout the entire show, and I'm glad he wasn't a bad guy after all. I'm happy that Dante and his partner ended up with Henry and that Marianne got away. I'm not sure if I liked the whole Aconite thing. Joe taking the antidote on a hunch seemed too planned. I did have to rewind because Love handled the knife. She was wearing a kitchen mitt and it slipped past me. I just finished watching, so I haven't had time to process it. I'm not surprised that Joe killed Love and now is free to find his next you. Will it really be Marianne or will someone else catch his eye? We will find out next season. Thanks for podcasting, Rima and Paik. Now on to Stranger Things. Yeah, well, there's a little bit of a gap, but yes, that is the goal. That is the road we are on. (laughs) We're definitely looking forward to it, for sure. Thanks, Don. All right. Jeff Allen says, random thoughts. That was the clearest wine I've ever seen. Did Marianne turn that water in or wine into water? Is she reverse Jesus? Can can she give people leprosy? Uh, papa, you're funny. No, um, inside joke. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I just I needed a minute. That oh, was really that's so funny. Good. Um, that's great. He goes on. Purple flag, kill me now. Seriously, <laughs> Carrie, who the fuck would have a geo teacher moron? Uh, Pake, I'm counting on you to sing this. And Theo broke in with a. Haven't you people ever heard of locking a goddamn door? Lock in a goddamn door, no. (laughs) (laughs) Wish granted. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, And his last note Uh. is, so Joe was faking paralyzation, and he didn't even stop faking when Matthew was going to call the police. That's commitment to a bit. (laughs) Yeah. I think he was still really paralyzed at that point. Yeah, I I mean, if but not, I, that was pretty damn good acting on his yeah. part. I mean, yeah, he was really committing if he wasn't paralyzed. But I'm thinking it, his adrenaline hadn't kicked in yet, I think. Yeah. That was great. Thanks, Jeff. All right. This one comes from the podfather, Jason Cabassi. says, man, I don't know if it's possible, but I think in these two episodes, Joe is even more of a douchebag than ever. Just an ugly, horrible person. And I love the way Penn Badgley doesn't try to play him as an anti-hero. He plays him as a sneering, creepy motherfucker. I know Badgley has seemed taken aback when women online have expressed attraction to Joe. He's like, dude, Joe's a monster. 
I respect it when actors play the ugliness of a character rather than try to make him seem like an, like a misunderstood hero. I mean, yes, in Joe's mind, he is just that. But I think Badgley's depiction of Joe is more like how we'd really see a person like this from the outside if we could take a peek at what he's like when no one is watching and the mask comes off. So to sum it up, still digging the show, but I hate that mi- I hate that miscreant Chekhov that is Joel Goldberg. I kind of hope they wrap it up in one more season and give this guy what he deserves. Oh, seems like a lot of folks mm. kind of share our thoughts a little yeah. bit about next season. Yeah, really good. Yeah, uh, Penn Badgley is, um, it's quite entertaining to um, see his reaction to, to, you know, women, like, saying things about Joe. And he's like, what the, what's wrong with you, this dude? Dude's a monster. And uh, even he has a hard time playing some certain scenes. There's, um, he kind of mentioned something about um, Joe's public masturbation. Uh, and he mentioned how mm-hmm. difficult that was for him, like very uncomfortable kind of scene, but he definitely kind of leaned into it um, mm-hmm. and and finally did it. But I'm but he was just very uncomfortable um, with that because of who Joe is and so creepy that, yeah. you know, so. So, yeah, um, Penn Badgley does a, a really great job. Yeah, with that. So we did get an email. Um, from our friend Gail. She's got some great insight. She had quite a lot to say. I have not read, I, I don't read all the feedback, but I was just looking, I was like, this is, she has some thoughts. This is a long email. So, um, and I'm going to go ahead and read it all because I'm, I'm, I've, she's had some really great insight so far that I really appreciate hearing. Um, so I'm going to read it all. So bear with me, y'all. Um, so she starts Hi, Rima and Paik. Well, I'm sorry to say this is the end for now. I have loved listening to your thoughts on these characters in this show. It has been such a fun one to dive uh, into with Team Podcastica. Thank you for all the work you put into this. This is my take on the ending. What you don't control will kill you. And you, and you, and you. These two episodes are the epitome of the trauma, obsession, control, destruction cycle that so many people find themselves in. Of course, the characters and events are dialed up to ludicrous levels because anything that's painful is... um, safest when observed through the lenses of absurdity and humor. Joe experiences the trauma of watching his mother being beaten. The situation is outside of his control. Joe kills the abuser and his mother abandons him. What traumatized Joe learned was that violence and murder is the way to handle a terrible situation outside of your control. He also learned that rejection was the price for that. Joe has insight and shows restraint with Fiona's boyfriend because he doesn't want Fiona to reject him too, but she sadly dies. Joe is filled with self-loathing because in his child mind, he could have controlled the outcome by pushing her boyfriend down the stairs. The lesson Joe takes away from all of this is real evil has to be dealt with and you don't do that by letting it take good people down. Unstated is that traumatized Joe believe it's, believes it's his job to do this. Joe's inner fantasy is to kill both, uh, to both kill the bad guy and receive support and adulation for it. Joe had that with love but predictably rejects it. He sees himself as the victim with her trying to make him kill people. So Joe moves on to Marianne. You can see the shocked, hopeful joy on his face when Marianne says she is glad Ryan is dead. It's the affirmation he's waited 30 years for. He sees them as having a real chance together. As Love says, Joe may have finally found the woman he is happy to kill for. Love experiences trauma from growing up with a narcissistic mother whose only real use for her children was for them to make her look good. 
Her mother was cruel and withheld love from her and punished her for the smallest flaw. Dottie's behavior was outside of love's control and sadly not related to anything love could have been said or done. What traumatized love uh, what traumatized love learned was that if you're perfect and do everything right, then people might love you and offer you acceptance and security. Of course, this doesn't work because healthy people don't dole out love like dog treats. Love's reaction to not being loved and receiving kind treatment despite doing everything right is homicidal outbursts. R.I.P. James. Her rage is so intense that killing the object that has betrayed her is her automatic and impulsive response. Love's fantasy is that Joe will recognize her perfection, fantastic cook, beautiful, funny, smart, wonderful mom, great in bed, and realize he owes her the love she she so desperately craves. When Theo offers her this love, she predictably can't accept it and responds by murdering him. Almost, she tried, with a fire extinguisher. We never learn the source of Marianne's trauma, but Marianne learned that the way to have control over situations that cannot be controlled is to make yourself disappear under a fog of drugs and alcohol. We see her try to solve the unsolvable problem of Ryan by sitting in front of a liquor store staring at the bottle she purchased. Later, she admits to love that she is drawn to toxicity. She's not been able to break the cycle of giving her love to an unsuitable person despite all the healing she has done. Good luck, Marianne. We are rooting for you and your pretty daughter. What all of these characters share is the aftermath of trauma. Trauma prevents the victim from accepting the thing they crave if it is offered by someone who is not the same as the person who traumatized them. This is why victims continue to be attracted to the toxicity that wounded them in the first place. A traumatized brain fixates on repairing the unrepairable thing that was beyond their control before they will permit themselves to experience relief and happiness. This, of course, cannot ever be repaired uh, with a person um, like the person who traumatized you leaving victims perpetually trapped in the downward spiraling cycle. Sherry and Carrie also explore control. These fucking weirdos have their own baggage. <laughs> Carrie was a party bro drifting through his life on autopilot. Carrie took control of his life through obsessive exercise and pharmaceutical optimization. He's down to 6% body fat. Carrie is obsessed with looking for a physical weakness in the cell to hack because he's a powerful guy that controls the world around him through strength. Sherry was a brainy nerd who was bullied and is terrified that she will be rejected for not being good enough for Carrie. Sherry took control of her life through narcissism and social presentation, much like Dottie did. Sherry is obsessed with looking for psychological weakness. She has learned that people can be misdirected and manipulated, like with her blog, and that if you poke long enough, you will find a weak link that you can exploit. This is how she stays in control, by directing the attention of others away from her or onto things about her that are irrelevant. However, it is ultimately Sherry's obsession that finds the key, the weak link of the lack of trust between Love and Joe, and gets them out. There was a lot of tongue-in-cheek in in having the narcissist power couple giving their own TED Talk at the end. Random thoughts. I'm glad Matthew was pushed out of his obsession before he took his family and business down with him. I'm glad Theo is recovering and escaped love. I wonder what the story with his mother that he refuses to go back to is. Dante and Lansing for the win. So glad Henry has two loving dads. I guess love got her wish of never seeing Dottie again. Ooh, that's dark. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I, (laughs) I almost blacked out watching Joe hack his toes off. Joe, you doorknob, at least put a tourniquet on before chopping off body parts. Agreed. I hope Marianne didn't go back to Paris. And finally, the writers left us with a gift of powerful truth. It took 30 episodes, but this is what this show is truly about. 
If there is ever, even for a fleeting moment, a tiny voice in your head that says, I deserve better, listen to her. That's your partner. That's your real true love. And if you betray her long enough, you will lose her. Thanks for this fun journey. Take care of yourselves. Gail. Wow, that was awesome. And again, you've, you have mentioned or said that Gail is a psychologist. She, she or, is a licensed yeah, counselor. Yeah. Yes, she knows her stuff, clearly. So, I feel like um, I need to like so Venmo good. her for this therapy session, this little mini therapy right. session we just got. Thank you, Gail. Um, yeah, well, it's good because then I'm trying to like, okay, what, what can I take from this to use because in my you know volunteer time and stuff i I work with kids who have some Mm -hmm. kind of trauma Mm -hmm. and social issues and stuff and so i'm like looking at everything she's saying and like okay what are things i can look for and how do i work how do i use this towards what i do um thank you gail for that (laughs) yeah i mean yeah oh i mean i can't even top anything that that she has provided in her email it's like i said extremely insightful that's why I wanted to include um, the entirety of it. I know it was a little bit long, but um, I, again, thought it was very insightful and, and interesting. And yeah, I that was really, I thought, brilliant on the writers there, what she says there at the end, what she points out. Um, that if, you know, you have, if you hear that voice in your head that says, I deserve better to listen to that. And that really hit home. I think I, I think I shed a few tears there when, you know, she mm. said, yeah, and if you betray her long enough, you'll lose her. I was like, oh, shit. Like I said, maybe maybe it hit a little too too close to home for me. Um, and that's why I kind of connected with it a little bit. But thank you, Gail. Thank you, everyone yeah. that left feedback. Thank you all so much for joining us for um, season three of you. It has been if nothing but entertaining i mean it has been a blast Mm -hmm. um i know that it was for some folks um you know we were covering two episodes that's how we started though with you um back uh with season one i think the episodes were a little bit shorter then i think they i don't know maybe i'm making that up in my head is that a mandela effect thing i keep seeing mandela effect (laughs) things on tiktok all the time so maybe i'm stuck in one or something i don't know but um i swear the the episodes were a little bit shorter in season one that was why we decided to cover two at a time um, because together they made about an hour um so it was a lot to cover i hope that everyone enjoyed the coverage and we certainly enjoyed having you along with us absolutely it's been fun we look forward to season four when that um when they make an announcement, um, we'll, we'll pass that along and I will definitely be covering it. So, yeah. All right. Well, so (laughs) what's next for strange indeed? I'm not sure. We, we, we know we're not going to be back next week. Um, and we're not sure yet what we're covering next. Um, I would like to very much fill the gap because it's quite a gap. It's only the beginning of March. Stranger things returns in uh, the end of May. Um, yeah. so I'm not sure. We've got a good almost three months. Yeah. Well, or yes, yeah, so we're not going to be gone that long. Months. That's for sure. We're, we're, we're kind of, uh, winging it here. Um, so I don't know what's going to be next. I, I would advise just, uh, either watching your feed if you don't follow us on social media, because I typically do try to post what we're going to do next when we decide and when we're going to start back up, giving everyone enough time to join us. Um, watching and leaving feedback and things but um, if you don't follow us on social media then just watch your feed I guess for um, new episodes um, and to see what we do next because I'm not sure Yeah, but we're just yeah, I'm ex- 
got a little bit of a gap, but it'd be be nice to to do something. Yeah. yeah. Got a ways to go before then. Yeah. So we had all the shows get, you know, thrown on us at once. And we had so much that we were covering all back to back to back to back. And sometimes overlapping a lot of it. And now that we've gotten through it, it's like, and now we're back in the, the opposite side of it. It was like, well, now there's nothing again. Yeah. We've got that little <laughs> bit of a gap like we had last year where we're kind of like, we're not, we, there's, you know, not a whole lot out there at the time. And then everything came at once. And now we're kind of mm-hmm. on the other side of that again but um so just keep watching keep listening um we'll let you know what we're going to do next um but in the meantime so yeah we know that stranger things will be back late may but um you know and and we'll let you know when we decide what we're going to do between now and then but um something i wanted to make sure i i did let everyone know um you know i um we'll be joining jason for Better Call Saul season six, um, I know that we've got some Better Call Saul fans out there. Um, this is the final season. This is a big deal. Yeah. I'm a huge, huge fan. Do you watch? Do you watch Better Call Saul? Yes. Okay. Good. I do. I love it. I'm so excited to finally, yeah, wrap this up and get to see more of it. And then I'm excited to to listen to you and Jason and whoever else is on that one with you guys. Uh, yeah, talked about that. And mm-hmm. Break those down. Gonna need a refresher. It's been a while. I uh. <laughs> definitely need to do a bit of a rewatch because it's been a while. There, there was quite a gap there, and I'm sure we'll talk about why there was such a gap between um, season five and season six. But yeah, there's been, definitely been quite a lot of time that's passed, um, and it's not been covered before. I think um, it's. I think it's going to be on House Podcastica. I know Jason's kind of restructuring a little bit. Um, yeah. the the podcast and kind of putting giving them their own uh, podcast for each show but also kind of under the house podcastica um, like feed and umbrella as well I, I don't know if um, he's made a final decision on that I would just advise if you're interested um, then at least going to like podcastica.com and you'll find it yeah. there you can do a quick search and you'll find it there Um but yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. I'm a huge, I was a huge, huge, and still huge fan. I've done a Breaking Bad rewatch a couple of times. So I was a huge Breaking Bad fan. Um, easily one of my top shows of all time. Um, and then obviously when they did the spinoff of Better Call Saul, obviously just fell right in into that as well. So I'm absolutely obsessed. Um, really excited to cover uh, season six. I think it'll be a great ride and I'm really ready for some crazy shit to happen. Oh yeah. Cause it's going to write. I mean, <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's going to happen. <laughs> absolutely. So it's going to get wild. And I think that premieres April 18th. I think, right. um, they're, they're splitting up season six into two parts and the first part starts April 18th. So I know we'll, we'll be back before then, but you'll, you'll, you'll be able to definitely catch me there too, wherever we are. If we're in a, I don't know what the hell we're doing, but I know I'll be doing that. Um, and then we'll obviously be back for stranger things. Yeah. As well. So since we might not be back right away for just a little bit, like a week or so or two, or, you know, we don't know. We'll see where, where things go, but I don't know. Do you want to plug, uh, maybe where we'll be in person if people 
wanted to see us soon. That would be a really good idea. <laughs> I'm glad that you brought that up yeah. because it didn't even like, ugh, I'm just kind of going day by day here and my mind ain't what it used to be. <laughs> so thank God you remember this shit. Yeah. Why don't mm-hmm. you tell people where we're going to be in a couple of weeks? Absolutely. Yes. If you live in Atlanta, Georgia or the Atlanta area, or if you're willing to travel or planning on traveling, if you already know what I'm talking about, the Pandemic Dead Tour, Pandemic Convention, will be in Atlanta, Georgia, March uh, 18th, 19th, and 20th. So coming up very soon in just like two weeks, uh, two and a half weeks, whatever <laughs> time. I still, still like COVID mindset of like, yeah, time doesn't time, matter. Who knows what, a what day is what? Yeah, I don't um, even know. <laughs> right. <laughs> But yes, but that weekend, the 18th, 19th, and 20th of March, so very soon, we will be in Atlanta, me, Rima, Jason, Ben, Daphne, uh, my, because a lot of Podcastica people will all be out uh, hanging out. Some of us are moderating panels and, and running things with stuff. Other people are hanging out there. So uh, if you live in the area or are coming out for the convention, definitely hit us up on our socials and... We would love to meet you, talk to you, go grab a drink at the bar, something. Yes. It'd be great to see everybody. Don't be shy. Come say hello if you see us out on the floor or after a panel or something. Um, I would would love to, to meet some of you. And... Absolutely. Watch our socials because um, I I can't say for sure like where uh, we always have like a fan meetup every year, right? Like there's always yeah. We usually try to make sure. Yeah. So I I don't know where that's going to be, but so watch our socials. We'll we'll post that when we know um, when and where. So if you're around, and even if you don't go to the con, um, you can come to the to the meetup. You know, you don't have to be at the convention for that if you don't want to go to the convention, but you would like to come to the to the bar and just say hello and hang out with all of us. Um, we're a pretty fun group of I would say so, of, yeah. of people, so we're really fun <laughs> to hang out with. Yes, there'll be a nice little podcastica presence at the convention, and be cool for you to come join in and say hi. Yeah, be a blast. Hope to see you guys there. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, we are excited for you to follow us into the murder basement. But until then, you can follow us on Twitter at Strange Tcast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Stranger Tcast. And you can email us at StrangerThingsCastPod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV Time app. You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at Podcastica.com. And then go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, check out podcastica.com. Jason's done a great job revamping that website. It looks fantastic. Um, So be sure to to check it out. All the great shows under the Podcastica network. Um, Something for everyone. Easy links to all the episodes of all the podcasts of all the shows. And if you click on the little shows, you get little pictures of the hosts that are on those. So you get to know what we yeah. look like. So then when you come see us in Atlanta, you know who you to know look who for. You know who to look for. Because <laughs> I'm a shy rabbit. I don't post a whole lot of... It's not that I've never done it, but I don't post a whole lot. Because um, I can be shockingly a little private. I mean, <laughs> this <laughs> probably surprises you because I put out all my business on this podcast. But I am somewhat private and I don't always post pictures and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's... The website looks great. It's so fantastic. It's so cool to see our podcast up there with all the other podcasts. It's like so surreal. I still uh-huh. 
can't believe that I'm a part of it. So super cool. Um, and there's a podcast out there for everyone. So be sure to check that out. And oh, yeah. while you're checking out all those amazing podcasts, um, you have to check out um, Peg and Daphne in their podcast, Run for Your Lives. Do you have a sneak peek for us this week? Yes, this week will be our season three finale. Hey, another oh, season boy. three finale. <laughs> Good timing. We're covering this one. Yes. Uh, so with that, so we are doing our look back special. We take all like 24 whatever movies that we covered over this past season. And looking back and breaking down our kind of top 10 lists or top five of each uh, favorite movies and episodes, our favorite monsters, our favorite characters from all those and talking about those a little bit. It's just a fun way to look back at everything we've covered, and that's such a fun thing. End the season on a reminiscent little little feeling, and then so you know, plug that, and then we'll be taking a couple of weeks off, about a month off, over on Run for Your Lives, as well. So, sorry, everything's ending for you guys, but we'll be back. I promise. We've got to take our time with it. Things opening up and traveling, going to these conventions, mm-hmm. and, and traveling around. I'm looking at just doing some other traveling on my personal, you know, you know, for stuff also. So. Take some a time off break. to do those things yeah. and bank up some episodes. So, yeah, yeah. So don't check out our, our season finale and then go back and listen to any other, you know, uh, episodes that we've done that tickle your. I say there's plenty of content that you guys have put out to keep everyone busy mm-hmm. for sure. So don't apologize for taking a little time off and having a break and, and having some time with some friends. That's important, especially yeah. with. Um, the sad state of affairs of today. I think it's yes. um, definitely important to be with people you care about. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for that. All right. That is our show. Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Bake. And Anna from Uruguay is strange indeed. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. And now, gambling terms. Push, a wager that results in a tie. Even money, bet with the same payout as you wager. Legit, knowing where it's truly legal to gamble in Colorado. You can enjoy legal gaming in Blackhawk, Central City, Cripple Creek, as well as licensed online sports and off-track betting in Colorado. Play legit and gamble only where it's legal. Learn more now at playlegitco.com. A message from the Colorado Division of Gaming. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-GAMBLER.